0: Photo Spot Show. What's up, everybody? We are back. Episode 16. Getting ready to talk to you about the last six rounds of supercross racing. And we got a guy on today that's been in the industry for a long time. He's driven some cool trucks for some cool teams. He's now the truck or bus driver for Marvin Mooscan. But again, we're going to get to him in a second. But I want to give a huge shout out to our sponsors, uh, Spot Network TV, the fastest growing streaming service in the industry. So make sure to check them out on the Spot Network app. You can also download this show on that app. So huge thanks to those guys. Also, Works Connection, Bell Race, Scott Goggles, and Motion so check those guys out we're super thankful to have them on board they are really involved with the industry motion pro almost every mechanic uses it the new scott goggles works connection Whole shot devices bell ray Thumper royal everything we use is best in the business so check those out guys huge thanks to everybody on board but again let's get to our guest he's been in the industry for a long time and uh like i said he drives for marvin muskin now he used to drive for rocky mountain but it's uh brock what's up brock how are you I'm good, man. How are you? I'm good, dude. Just uh, glad you made some time for us. I know you're getting ready to head down to Orlando and get ready for round seven. So just wanted to get you on the phone and see what you're up to and give us a little background on what the life is of a truck driver for some badass dudes.
1: Um. Well, right now we're on our way to Orlando, about three hours out, okay. you know, doing the duties for uh, the motorhome, you know, dumping the tank and, you know, getting that stuff ready for, you know, the upcoming, you know, week or so that we're there. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I mean, the, the job I have now is definitely uh, the best one I've had. Uh, Marvin and Mathilde, they're, they're amazing people to work for. Um, and then you're working for, you know, or not working for, you're working with Red Bull KTM and, you know, the top team in the industry and uh, with some of the smartest minds, smartest people uh, on the planet. So that right there is pretty huge.
0: Yeah, I mean, I can only imagine when you pull the bus in and you park right next to Red Bull KTM, it's like, holy shit, like this is rad. Like these guys have the best setup, the, some of the, you know, their 2019 champ Cooper's under there. You got Marvin, you know, who you drive for is another badass that's just gotten the podium, and I bet he's super excited going into Orlando. So I can imagine, you know, pulling to those pits and, and representing some badass brands is cool.
1: Yeah, it's, it's definitely cool. I've I've been doing it. Uh, it's my eleventh year now in the industry um okay. so you know being able to you know be at the top now it's, it's pretty unreal
0: yeah that was gonna be my question so I was gonna be like how you know what how long you have been driving and then how you get into that because I know you're from Idaho and I know you can cook some really good food so I'm trying to think did you cook for somebody <coughs> and then they got here like do we need this guy on the team or how'd that work out for you
1: um it's, 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 it's been good um, coming from Idaho. You know, we grew up racing. I grew up racing snowmobiles, obviously. Okay. And then, uh, you know, motorcycles. Um, I was always, you know, I'm a motorhead, so we were always a part of it. Um, you know, and then when I was like nine years old, I, you know, was in the pit. You know, at uh, you know at any of the races, and uh, it was kind of a thing that I always wanted to be a part of. Totally. And uh, when I when I graduated high school, I was like, you know what. I'm going to go to MMI, become a mechanic and then uh, see where it takes me. And that's, that's where I started. I started being a mechanic and um, uh, working for some awesome people, practice bike mechanic for Canard and Alessi and, and been on all kinds of different privateer teams. Okay. I mean, I've been around a lot of people and it's been, it's been amazing.
0: Yeah. I mean, when I first met you, it was at Loretta's last year and, it was kind of cool because, like, I didn't really know who you are, but we met through some mutual friends, and then ever since that, we kind of hit it off, and you know, now we're hanging out every time we see each other. So that's what I love about our industry is you you kind of meet somebody, and if you click, they they turn into a really good long term friend. So I think that's probably the favorite, my favorite thing about our industry for sure.
1: No, for sure, man. Um, you know, it's it's you meet a lot of cool people. You know, including yourself, and and um, that that's my favorite part about this this industry is the people in the band you get to meet year after year, you get to, you get to go to these stadiums. And the next thing you know, it's the same people that come up to you and they say, Hey man, remember me? You know? And you know, you, you kind of build that friendship and yeah. it, that's, that's pretty cool for me. Uh, I, I really, really, really enjoy it.
0: Yeah. Like you said, it's and those, you know, some, yeah, go ahead.
1: Uh, you know, the, the food too, you know, you, you brought up, uh, you know, the food, Dude. you know, being a, a, a truck driver, you got to learn how to cook for all these, these, for, you know riders or teammates or whatever it shall be um you know to keep them keep them happy so uh, yeah we we take pride in that dude it's, it's a lot of fun
0: yeah that's we're gonna get to that here in a little bit. I got that in my notes uh, to talk to you about kind of like you know what your weekend's like prepping all that and going to grocery stores and you know making sure you have any riders that have uh, at, uh, not uh, what is it uh, allergies so just kind of all that stuff you goes into place so we'll probably get to that here in a little bit. But, yeah. you know, talking a little bit about, about the industry, you know, for you, this is the first year, no, now second year, because last year you did it in Salt Lake, but what's the what's the residency like for you guys driving the truck, you know, not having to – because before, when you worked for Rocky Mountain, you would probably drive the truck, on leave California on Wednesday, drive, go to the race, and then, you know, the West Coast, you had a couple of rounds that were close, and then you'd go across the country and back across, but now it's kind of all pretty close. But with it being in one stadium or one – like place for, you know, whole week, you, you liking that you enjoying that a little bit less driving or uh, what, what's your take on that?
1: Um, you know, I personally, I like it. Um, it, it's, it's nice not having to drive, you know, so far, you know, each week to each week. Um, it's just, it's different, you know, without, if, if there wasn't COVID, that would be, you know, it would be a lot better, but, um, you know, it's, it's just, it's just different, man. Um, you know, your, your, your duties, you know, instead of, you know, driving to the next race and having to do, you know, dump the tanks or get fuel or do this. Now you're having to call someone and say, Hey, you know, I need the sewer guy to come dump my tanks and a fuel guy. And, and, you know, you definitely go through a lot more food. I mean, they go to the store just about every day because we're at the track all the time. So they're cooking meals for, you know, you know Ian and Roger and and all those guys and the mechanics. So um, that part it's a little bit more expensive, but I think I think I think I like it.
0: Yeah, it seems like everybody's kind of hanging out. It almost makes the team outside looking in almost makes like the team bond it almost gets a little bit stronger. Because I mean, yeah, you guys are in the shop together during the week all week, but it's it's still not that same commodity, I believe where if you're in a hotel or whatever, like, now you're doing more stuff together as a team, I feel like, like, you're eating dinner with the team, you're eating lunch with the team, like, now you guys are just building off those relationships, and I think, like I said, outside looking in, it could almost be better overall with the season, because it's just, like, everybody's kind of on the same wavelength.
1: Yeah, for sure. Um, I I agree. You know, yeah, there, there's days, you know, when, you know, you, you take it serious, you get the bike done, and you... You, you get all your work done and then there's days when you're at the track, you know, with this schedule that, you know, it's a little bit more laid back and you can kind of, uh, you know, goof around or, or whatever. And, you know, we we went and did top golf and, uh, you know, that was fun. And you just kind of in, in, enjoy it the best that you can, the safest way that you can, um, you know, with COVID and everything. So totally. um, it's, it's, it's nice.
0: Yeah, you kind of just got to take it all in and, and take it as it is, I guess, right? There's not much we can do about it, but luckily we have racing. Yeah. And it's uh, exactly. one of those things where we, we get to enjoy the sport we love and we're not on lockdown, which is good. So I'll take that any day of the week. But for you, I mean, what would you say normally a season would take for driving? Would it be 40,000 miles or 30? Like what's a usual season driving com- You know, for you guys?
1: Um, I would say... I would say 20,000 miles. You know, it's really, um, you know, it's, it's, it's not a a lot going from, from race to race. Yeah. Um, you know, it's, it's, you know, a thousand miles, like from us going from Indiana to here to Orlando, it's, I think it was like 1,100 miles, about a day and a half. Okay. So, um, you know, it's, I guess it just varies. It varies from year to year, um, a little bit, but, um, it's just the the toll that takes on you is being a motorhome driver or a semi driver for a team. Is it? I mean, you're really you're gone for just about eight months out of the year. Okay. Um, you know, with with a break here and there between the schedules or between uh, Supercross and outdoors, that's what takes a toll on on you know someone. That's the hard part is being being away from home, being away from family, uh, all that kind of stuff. So yeah. that that's rough.
0: Yeah, so like right now, you're going to Orlando. You'll get there probably today. Will you stay for the week or will you fly home?
1: Um, I'll stay for the week. Um, I'll uh, get there, um, get the motorhome washed because it's wrecked after being in the salt in Indiana. Yeah. Uh, You know, clean the motorhome, uh, make sure the motorhome is got all it, everything is done with it. So when Marvin and Mathilde show up, um, it's, you know, they're walking into a clean home and, um, everything's everything's good to go. And then, you know, obviously we'll race on Saturday and then do the same thing all over. You know, you'll prep that next week, get the tank dumped fill it up with water, clean it, get it ready with supplies for that Saturday and then, uh, get ready for that break. And then I think uh, I'll be in up flying home to to Idaho to see my niece and nephew and that kind of stuff for that break.
0: Okay, yeah. So just pretty much wide open until the break, from what it sounds like. So that's, I think that keeps you busy. But yeah, what would you, what would you say the biggest difference is from going from driving the truck for a team to now driving the bus? Like, what is it? The teardowns, the setup, like, what's that like? Or do you still kind of help with all that stuff? But I can imagine the bus life is a little bit easier, but almost not because now you have to make sure everything is tidy for Marvin Matil.
1: Yeah, you know, it's, it's a different kind of stress. Yeah. Um, it's very similar. I mean, you're driving a 45 foot motorhome. Um, you have to watch all your angles. It swings, the back end swings really wide. Um, you know, you have to, you have to pay attention that way. Um, yeah, it's nothing like driving a semi, uh, semi, you know, you're, you're 80 feet long from nose to tail. And, uh, it's, like I said, it's, it's, it's very similar but it is more relaxed, you know? I mean, you're living in a, a mansion, you know, on the road. Um, it's, it's a beautiful, beautiful motorhome. So that that's nice. You can cook your own meals um, being on the road as a motorhome driver. Um, that's, that's nice. Um, but the, the, the duties, duties aren't as stressful as being a semi-driver. Uh, like Big Wave and, you know, John and Pat and those guys, they – they they put in the time and and, and it shows, uh, but yeah. it's 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 hard for yeah. sure.
0: Yeah, it just seems so so gnarly. Like how much? Because I remember when I first met you and you did Rocky Mountain, you were driving the truck to Loretta's, and just all the stuff that goes into just driving the truck and all the bikes and everything, and kind of how you guys ever have everything locked down. And now it's just like make sure the bus is ready to go, air pressure, all that stuff. But now it's like a different yep. different prep. Now you gotta make sure all the civil war's in the right spot. You know, the dumps the tanks are dumped. You got water full gallon of water gas in the generator. Like so now it's different. But again, like you said, if if Marvin's not happy, that uh, relates to the track. So it's like you gotta be on your top of your game to make sure that you make Marvin's life as less stressful as possible.
1: One hundred percent. And you know, when I first started I went to the motorhome with them and, and I, I wrote down in my notes and I I have kind of like a checklist and I make sure everything is is done and uh for them. Um they they're nice people, I don't think they would ever yell. I don't think they'd ever yell at me, but you know, I won't give them an opportunity to, you know. Yeah. I, I take a lot of pride in my job no matter what it is, um, no matter who I'm working for or driving for. It's you people in this industry, we, we love what we do and we want to we want to look as good as you know that guy you know parked next to us you know we want our wheels as shiny as theirs or you know whatever it could be it's right. uh you know you want it to look just as good so
0: yeah I think I learned that a couple of years ago like I always wondered you know Big B I'd see him at the track and he'd be washing the motorhome like dude this thing's about to get smoked like why are you washing it but then it's like it's all about an image thing like this is your truck and like you want to be the b- most presentable as possible because you're representing all these sponsors so it's like it all makes sense so it's just crazy like how much detail goes in those things to get them ready for the for the races
1: yeah you know i mean when when i used to work for traders um back east you know we we were private tier team making the best effort and when i showed up to the race i wanted my rig to look just as good as big B's, you know with what i had and totally and i think we did a you know, I think I did a pretty damn good job. So, you know, it's just it's just the little things like that that you have to be able to take pride in your work to be in this industry. You have to love what you do.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I think it's one of those things where it's so small. Like we've said on past shows, it's so still so niche, but everybody in the paddock kind of knows everybody. So you never want to do something because... You know Tony Archer. You know very familiar. You know Tony well. Um, yeah. He he mentioned it. He's like even when you think no one's looking, somebody's watching. So I think oh, like that was time. really cool for him to say that because it's true. It's like you just never know. So I think that makes sense. And and like you say, you never want to burn a bridge because if an opportunity does present itself, you want to make sure that you know Marvin Matil can be like, hey, like we would hate to lose Brock, but yeah, he did this, this, and this, always on point. Like you want to make sure those references are always solid for sure.
1: Yeah. You know, um, you know, talking about, about everyone's watching when I was working for traders, um, I was never pursuing a different job and Forrest Butler, he approached me at Indy Supercross and was like, Hey, what are you doing for next year? What do you got? And you know, at the time I was like, I'm just going to be working for traders. But, uh, he was like, He's like, I've I've seen your rig. It looks clean. You do a good job, and I want you to come come work for me. And for me at the time, that was a big opportunity because he's a you know a factory supported team. Yep, he's very very uh, presentable in the industry. Um, he had Blake Baggett at the time, and uh, you know, he, I, I I jumped on it. Right. You know, it made sense. But again, it goes to you never know who's watching. You know, in this industry.
0: Yeah, well, it's it's crazy. Like I was uh Randy Richardson got me good at at um whatchamacallit? Uh, we were in South Carolina and the trash can was full by us. So instead of just putting the trash by the trash can, I, I walked it all the way to another trash can and he recorded the whole thing. I'm like, dang it, Randy, like why you gotta give me like that? <laughs> so it's just it's just stuff like that. It's for us I think in our sport is if you use common courtesy and you're respectful, like it goes a long way in our in our industry.
1: Oh, for sure. I I agree one hundred percent.
0: Yeah, totally. So, hey, don't say 100% on the show we're sponsored by Scott. Just kidding. Just, <laughs> Sorry. Just, just Sorry. kidding. Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but yeah, I, I think that goes a long way and for me, like I wanted to talk to you a little bit about your your weekly. So, when you were at Traders, were your duties the same as what they were at Rocky Mountain or did your duties get a little more uh bigger, I would say, I guess? Um,
1: they're they're the same. You know, you 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 clean the floor. You make sure that the, the floor is spotless, um, especially the lounge. You yeah. want to make sure that the lounge is the lounge is spotless. Um, you know they're having meetings in there, and you don't know who's going to walk through the door. Totally. Um, and it's always you know checking trash, cooking. You know at the time, you know with with Forrest, we were sponsored by Bubba Burgers, so cooked a lot of burgers. You know people loved them.
0: <laughs> yeah, they, were, uh, they they are good.
1: Yeah, you know, it's uh you know, always trying to change up the menu, you know, for the you know, the team on what you cook, but you know, you kinda have a budget when it comes to that kind of thing. So okay. uh yeah. The the roles the roles are
0: pretty similar. They're
1: they're pretty intense. Yeah, they're 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 similar. They're they're pretty intense at times. Yeah. because um, you know, being on the road these trucks go through a lot. You know, something might break or this or that may happen.
0: Yeah, yeah, I mean it's one of those things where Everything is just getting constantly just banged up because I mean, some of these roads are smooth and some, let's be honest, are shit shows. So, um, oh, yeah. it's, uh, it's a rough ride on some of these journeys. But for you, when you were before we get to, to Marv, but Rocky Mountain, was that what was that work week like for you? Did, did you go to the track, get to the track by Thursday and help set up the tent? And then kind of, you were also. I could be wrong, but I feel like some truck drivers they also count the inventory on the on the truck too. If I remember that correctly,
1: um, I never, I never did. Okay. Um, Jr. He was oh, uh, JR a chief okay. at the time. Yep. And you know, he would you know go through the drawers and you know, or, or take a picture of it and be like, okay, you know, I need you know this bolt or this bolt or brake pads or whatever it is. Yep. And then, um, you know, I would usually get there Wednesday sometimes. Okay. And then, and then you would, so you'd, you'd probably just, just do that Wednesday, park and staging. And then Thursday you would show up in the morning, um, get to wash stuff out, wash everything. You know, it takes, it takes a while. It takes probably three hours to wash, wash the truck, you know, get the wheels looking nice yeah. and, um, you know, and then, and then usually you go park. Okay. And, uh, you know, get parked. And then Friday, team would show up. You'd go set up the awning and uh, do all that. And then they would go through tech and, you know, do a little final look over on the bike, make sure they're ready to go for Saturday. And yep. that, that was about it.
0: Yeah. And for people that don't know, setting up those tarps and that whole shebang is... Sh- Freaking gnarly. Like if you you think CrossFit's insane, go set up a super cross team <laughs> awning for Yeah, for you know twenty nine weeks.
1: Yeah. Um it's it's definitely not the funnest. But you know, when you have a group of people that know what they're doing, it makes it a lot a lot easier.
2: Yeah, it goes um,
1: Yeah. And then, you know, with, with KTM we have those uh the plastic floors that that roll out. So that takes a little bit more time. Um you know, you have to make sure that's all straight and, you know, uh, all the corners are straight so that when you, you know, put up the tent, it's not crooked. So, um, you know, it takes a little bit more time, but having those floors makes a big difference. So,
0: yeah. Yeah. It looks really nice for sure. Um, so how did, how did everything work out to where you got on with Marv? Like what, uh, how'd that come about? Cause it's, I know at Rocky mountain, they were getting ready to go into the season. They're looking for some sponsors and some new riders, but um you got over to Marv and it looks like you're really happy so how how did you get a, end up with marvin
1: um you know i was I was at the the test track with um Cody shock who rides for Chaparral Honda and okay. tony Archer you know yep. they're they're actually my roommates, and um you know when I have time, I'll go you know watch them ride and you know hang out and um ended up talking with uh frankie and one thing led to another, and um, the Chavez, he ended up uh, hurting himself and on a mountain bike. And I kind of jumped on it. You know, it's, it's one of those things like when I went from Traders to Rocky Mountain, that was a huge step.
2: Right.
1: And then going from Rocky Mountain to Factory Red Bull KTM, that was another huge step. I mean, you're going to the top, top of the top, you know, working for the fastest guy on a motorcycle in in the industry yeah um you know he's 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 the top over the top um and that was like another thing and it just just was the best decision for me to to go and do so totally. it Just kind of everything kind of fell in line it, it fell in line really quick and i'm really happy with with where i'm at and the people i work for and the people that i'm around it's, it's pretty incredible
0: yeah, no, it seems like that whole setup over there is really rad. And for people that don't know, Frankie is Marvin's mechanic. So if you're new to, new to this sport or new to this show, um, that's who Brock's referring to is Frankie is um, Marvin's mechanic. has been Marvin's mechanic for a long time. it has been in the industry for a really long time. So to have that relationship with Frankie, I, I can imagine it's huge. And like you said, taking that leap now gets you in front of Roger, gets you in front of Ian. So if any opportunity comes available over there, you never know, so it's like you're making the right steps forward to improve your your brand, I could say, so I think that was a really smart move on your part
1: yeah i i for sure um you know being around those people they're those two guys are you know some of the stuff that they talk about i don't I can't even understand you know I'm just like you know it's in one ear and out the other they're just they're above and beyond uh their uh you know my mental <laughs> capacity super you know, they're,
0: intelligent, yeah
1: super, super intelligent people.
0: Yeah, I I mean, it's crazy to know like how long they're in the sport and to see where they brought KTM. You know what I mean? It's like KTM in 2009, 10, 11 really wasn't a force to be reckoned with. And now they're the top team in the industry with them and Husky and Gas Gas. Like, man, 10 years ago, I bet nobody would have saw this coming to where they've won the eight, you know, KTM didn't, but it's still the same brand, but Husky won the 18 championship. And then, Cooper won the 19 championship and you know, now Cooper again in 20 is close or not, sorry, not 20, 21 is close. So it's like Cooper 18, 19 and 20. So it's like, you know, Eli got it in 20, but let's be real. If if that was a real season, I'm I'm giving that one an asterisk, but (laughs) (laughs) just kidding. Just kidding. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, like I said, the team that you're working for now is just, they're on the gas. And I think for you it's the right move and, if you do everything right it could all work out in your favor, so um, let's see here. So the other thing I had also too is going into this season, you know, with not knowing what was happening, kinda what you guys what's your preparation like for the season? You know, everything was kind of thrown together last minute. You know, they changed the schedule. I mean, for you you're a four fifty guy, or your your guy is a four fifty guy, so there's no worry about east or west, but I mean, there had to be a little bit of, you know, worry towards like what's going to happen, what's the schedule going to be like, you know, what are we going to do? So what was that? Can you talk about that a little bit like your guys' preparation going into the season?
1: Um, You know, I I feel like everyone just kind of prepared for it to be like a, a normal year, you know, first race to be, you know, in Anaheim. Before they released the schedule, you know, everyone was just like, okay, everything has to be ready, like going racing in Anaheim. You know, the first weekend in January. So you just get all of your, your ducks in a, in a row and make sure all the tires on the truck and trailer are good. Um, brakes are good. Um, you know, do a, a service on the engine, you know, make sure that's good to go. Um, everything gets greased. Uh, we have, um, his name's Dan Perry. He does a lot of the, the teams, um, you know, mobile service guy. Okay. And he'll come out and he'll service our stuff. And, you know, he's been around for a long time. He's really good at what he does. He's really smart. And, you know, the guy can do, you know, just about anything you need him to. He can fabricate, fa- fabricate, you know, a piece of metal, you know, put lights on, you know, anything. Um, yeah. and he comes out and kind of goes over, does like an inspection, make sure everything's, you know, good to go and, and just like I said, just get everything ready. Um, everything loaded, you know, maybe do some grocery shopping, get some stuff, some cleaning supplies, and, uh, get ready to go for that, that first, first race in January. Okay. So, um, you know, things, things kind of, you know, were a little hectic at times, um, especially with the motorhome. I ran into some, some issues with it, you know, late in the year that I had to get fixed. And it was kind of like a last minute thing, but, um, we ended up getting them fixed and, you know, on the road, so it was. It all worked out, but
0: yeah. So it's one of those things where you guys kind of just go through the go through the boxes and check everything off, and just we're ready for A one if A one was going to happen. So I get that. I mean, EA, that's probably exactly. the best way to do it, too. You know what I mean? Just plan for that way. If anything did change, at least you are already
1: Yeah, exactly. So you know, it's just because you know from the year before everything bounced back and forth on where we were going, what we were doing. Hey, we're going here. No, we're not. We just kind of said, you know what, take a step back. We'll just get ready, like we're going to A one and if they change it, we're going to you know, like they did, we changed it and went to Houston. We were ready. You know, yeah. everyone was ready.
0: So. Okay. Um on race day, like kinda what's your what's your schedule? Like, you know, get get up, get to the track. I imagine you stay at a hotel. Do Marvin Mathil stay in the motorhome or do they stay in hotel as well?
1: Um, Marvin Matilde um they stay in the motorhome. Um, This is, you know, their their home on the road. Yeah, they um they they love this thing. Um, they they have Matilda has all of her cooking stuff for Marvin, and you know she she does all the stuff for Marvin on here. Um, I I do all the laundry and make sure all the stuff's done, and she has everything. And then you know I they'll tell me, hey, you know we're gonna be there at this time and i'll just have the motorhome ready and i have to take off to the to the hotel i stay at the same hotel that the ktm guys stay at okay and uh me don and pat we all go to the track before the mechanics do and get things opened up get the bikes out get everything ready and um you know just ready get ready for the day um you know pat will you know start cooking breakfast and I just kind of help out wherever I can. You know, okay. Pat needs help or, um, if, you know, Don needs help. I just kind of try and be as, as much as a team player that I can be, um, not just a, a motorhome driver. Right. So that, that's pretty awesome.
0: Yeah, I think I've heard in the past, like some guys, they'll, they'll videotape and record, they'll have a headset and they'll kind of help be a spotter. So is that kind of the same for you too? Do you do you help out at all inside the stadium when Marvin's on the track?
1: Yeah, I do. Um, that's, uh, I started that in Indy. Um, I started filming and, you know, have the headset, you know, in case, you know, they want you to film a certain person or anything like that. Um, keep in touch with, you know, the guys down on the floor and, um, yeah, you, you know, you film it and then you bring it back and they do their, their magic with the film and the riders can see what not to do and what to do and, you know, learn from, learn from the videos.
0: Nice. That's awesome. So I think that's that's probably huge for those guys to go up in the lounge and, and watch all that film and kind of see where they're making mistakes or see where they can improve for sure. You ever give yeah, uh it's... you ever give Marvin riding tips?
2: <laughs> no, <laughs> definitely not. Oh, come on. Um, like,
0: Marvin, <laughs> like, you need to get that step on, step off quad. Like, come on, bro, you got that.
1: <laughs> that's what that's what the film's for, is they can go and they can see it. Cause you know, we'll film other riders, you know, like everyone does and they'll see, Oh, you know, so-and-so is doing that, you know, triple table over, double, you know, quad out or whatever it is. Um, so I just, I just do my thing and, you know, I don't really talk to Marvin that much on race day. Um, I just, I clean some of his stuff, um, like his neck brace and some of that stuff and get it ready for the next practice or moto. Or anything like that, and um, you know, just kind of let him get in the zone and do do his own thing. You know, I usually wait until the end of the night once the main event's done to, you know, say say something to him. So.
0: Okay. Is he got any like superstitions or anything like that on race day? Like he has to have the pillows a certain way, or like just anything weird? Does he got any weird superstitions?
1: Um, not that I know of. Okay. Um, I haven't seen anything, or you know, you know, yeah. I don't. I don't think so. He nice. just as soon as that helmet gets put on, it's game time, and he, he knows what to do. So,
0: yeah, I know some of these riders, man. They they have to have things certain way, like you know, visor this way, or like they're just. There's some guys out there that are real particular and um, need their stuff a certain way to be comfortable. So that's cool that Marvin's pretty easy to work with.
1: Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, he's he's very very easy. Like I said, that you know he has a certain way how he likes his motorhome or whatever. Yeah. You just, you do it and it's, it's very, very simple. After the first couple times, it's, you know, you can do it with your eyes closed and, you know, just make sure all that's done. And other than that, they're, they, they know what to do. They're, they're mentally ready and mentally prepared to do whatever they need to conquer out there on the track.
0: Nice. No, that's cool. That, that makes your job a little bit easier. Just making sure that you do your job and, and that's kind of what you have to worry about is kind of just, worry about yourself get that done make sure marv's good and Mattel's good do your check-ins and makes your life a little less stressful but speaking of stressful how how stressed were you on uh, saturday night like i couldn't imagine how excited they were um to get on the podium
1: yeah no, it was um that's the other awesome part about working for this team is we have two extremely talented riders and for us to be able to go two three um, that's safe for us, safe for them. It's a big confidence booster for both riders. Um, you know, kind of brings up the team, uh, morale. And, um, it's, it, it was, it was good. But yeah, it's very stressful. Um, you know, uh, obviously we had some luck, um, with, uh, a couple riders going down, mm-hmm. um, unfortunately. But, I mean, we don't, we don't want to see that, but, yeah. you know, it played in it played in our favor and, and uh yeah, that was that was big for us. You know, it it's good for the point. You know, each rider each one of our riders got more points, so that, that was big.
0: Yeah, I think it's one of those things where you just you're at the right spot, right time kind of deal. And unfortunately, you know that rider has has caused some issues this year, and you know he took down the two guys up front. So, luckily for Marv, he was he was able to put himself in the right position and be up there all all race and capitalize on that mistake for those guys. Well, not even a mistake, but that issue, I guess you could say for those guys. Because man, that was a bummer. But I mean, like I said, it worked out for Marv, so that's cool. Like you said, it gets him more points, and now he's only. 38 so he's barely 40 something points out of it so with this class yeah. how stacked it is you know one DNF and he's from somebody at the top and he's right back in it
1: exactly you know things happen really really quick yeah. Um you know and it's uh that's why you just have to be consistent Um you know consistency consistency wins races here yeah Um I agree you know I mean you can look at Dungy back in the day I mean, he won a Supercross championship and I don't think he won a single race. Um he was just consistent and he ended up winning the championship, Supercross championship. Yeah, so, yeah, um, especially anything can class. happen.
0: Yeah, I I think so. I think you nailed it on the head. It's it's so packed right now and so this class is so strong. So Anything can happen, you know, we saw Ken Roxon get a seventh or an eighth and then and he won three in a row, you know, we saw Barsha win and mm-hmm. get like thirteenth. And then, you know, it's one of those things to where like everybody's just all Dylan Ferrandez was on the podium. So, I mean if Marvin can start getting knocking those consistencies off moving forward, I mean we're only six rounds in, so we still got a lot of racing left. So I think that's yeah, uh, good for you guys.
1: Yeah, for sure. You know, like you said, a lot of racing and And, uh, you know, we just show up each week and get it done.
0: Agreed. Yeah. That's going to be huge for you guys. So, but I mean, going, going forward, kind of what's, what's the, um, plan for you for, um, like off season, what's, what's your off season look like? Do you, you know, we still have a lot of racing left supercross and motocross, but when 20 was over, Right, 20. yeah, twenty was over. There was that big gap because Marv didn't ride outdoors. So, like, what mm-hmm. was your off season like? Because you just got with Marv. Probably, when did you actually get hired by Marv?
1: No, I started. I started in outdoors. He, oh, okay. he rode. He he rode outdoors.
0: That's right. Um, yes, my bad. He didn't ride super Supercross.
1: Yeah. No, you're good. Um, I started with them outdoors, and um, that was my first first time with them. Okay. And then. And then, you know, after after outdoors, it was, we just, you park everything, wash it, um, clean it real good, you know, take your time, do little things here and there to improve for the next year or, you know, say, hey, you know, I want to, I want to install this or I want to do this or, you know, getting things ready again for crop Yeah. Um, you know, if you need tires, checking tires um, on both truck and trailer going over everything. Um, and then, and then once that's kind of done, you can kind of take time for yourself and, you know, go to the beach, you know, hang out with family, hang out with your roommate. You know, we went, went to the beach a lot. Um, okay. went mountain biking. Um, you know, we raced. you know, our whole household is we're all in moto except for one of our guys, uh, one of our roommates, Stephen Walton, he's a downhill mountain biker. Okay. Um, so he travels, you know, the country and the world and does all that. But, um, we just kind of hang out. We go and ride, you know, dirt bikes. Um, we race day in the dirt and I raced on a 89 CR 250 that was a blast. <laughs> and, um, that's awesome. You know, you just, you just, you don't really want to talk about work a lot because yeah. you're, you do it for eight months out of the year. So, um, you just kind of do your own thing and, um, tinker around the house and, you know, build a garage out, build some benches, do, do whatever you need to do. And, and just to, you know, enjoy life and get your sanity back sometimes. So, okay. um, off season, uh, off season's fun. This was, um, <laughs> the first year I've been, I've been with, um, you know, in California, I just moved there after, you know, I guess before outdoors, I moved to California and, you know, got with my roommates. And it was a blast. We always had fun. Like I said, we've I've known I've known them all, you know, a long time. Yeah. Um, you know, so it's kind of just nothing really out. changed. Yeah, nothing really changed that way. But um, yeah, it it was nice.
0: So uh, yeah. okay. So for you guys, do you, know, you have to do you have to stack money for eight months, or do you guys still get paid? You, I would imagine you don't get paid right on off season. So yeah,
1: you- we. Um a lot of us are salary, okay um, we just get paid um that's why you know we we still do our job, we still do our thing, um, but we are very fortunate to uh to get the salary and get get paid um to be at the beach i guess okay. um so that that's really nice, but everything' better be done and ready when it comes race time, or you know
0: yeah it's now you know, you're,
1: you're probably... <laughs> yeah, exactly, yeah. yeah, that's
0: cool. I didn't know if it was uh. Just paid for race seasons or what? So that's cool that it's it's a twelve months twelve month stretch. So that's cool. Yeah, it,
1: um, it makes it worth it.
0: Yeah, yeah, for sure. Because like you said, it, it makes it a little bit less stressful in those off seasons when you're trying to figure out what you're doing for work. But now you're good and you get to go to the beach and chill and ride your dirt bike and get paid to do it. So
1: yeah, sounds exactly <laughs> sounds yeah. like a good
0: off season to me. Oh um, yeah. For the buses, do you've been in the industry for a long time? Do these guys usually keep them for? three years, four years, five years, like what's the life expectancy on these, on these motorhomes slash buses?
1: Um, me from what, you know, I've, you know, talked to some people, you know, here and there and, you know, once they get to about a hundred thousand, um, they say to trade them in, get a new one. Um, you know, it just depends on the rider. Um, you know, they may go, you know, every year, every fifty thousand or whatever it is, um, they may find a new model that comes out, and it's like you know what they can trade theirs in and not have to pay a huge difference, and they get a,
0: get a, a brand new motorhome, yeah,
1: Yeah. better features and whatever else. So, yeah. so it's just
0: kind of like a normal thing. It's not like you know what I mean. It's not like these guys are giving them. Most of the time, the riders are paying for them. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I'm surprised with how big our sport is. Like one of these companies like Featherlight or one of these companies don't offer like a lease program to like Marvin or Ken, or just, just to get their name out there. Cause like these rigs are at the track 29 weeks out of the year. So it's like the company could throw their logo on it and, you know, do an Instagram shout out here and Instagram shout out there. And it's like, dude, you'd be at the track in front of that. Well now with Corona, but before it's like, you'd have been in front of thousands of people, you know what I mean? So it's like crazy to me that nobody's been uh, able to get a lease program through one of these big, big companies.
1: No, for sure, I I agree with you there. Um, I've always thought the same thing, um, because you know we travel the country. You know, yeah. we're on every interstate highway, city, town, you name it, and you know your bus is seen. Um, but you know, I'm fortunate with you know the, the motorhome I have. I can't complain with. I mean, it's yeah, it's it's an extremely nice motorhome, and um, you know, I wouldn't wouldn't change it for the world, but uh
0: That's awesome.
1: Yeah, I mean maybe it would be nice to have, you know, a previous, you know, with all the fancy stuff, but you know, even being with the fancy stuff, you know, stuff still breaks. Still breaks, and, yeah. Um and, you know, it's just like, you know, these rigs you get a brand new rig and twenty miles down the road it could break. You just Yeah, you it's always know.
0: something. Yeah, it's always something. Yeah. So that's what they yeah. say. They say uh boats and motorhomes are definitely luxuries, not uh necessities. But yeah, for these exactly. guys, it, I think it is almost a necessity for some of these guys because it's just so convenient to stay at the track, especially in outdoors. I would say it's more more needed in outdoors than it is uh, supercross because a lot of times the outdoor tracks, the hotels could be anywhere from thirty minutes to an hour away. So I can definitely yeah. see the the motorhome being a nice gift, not a gift, but a nice uh, necessity to have at the track during a hundred degree weather.
1: Well, for sure, you know, and then you know with their kids or their family now it's, it's more enjoyable for, you know, like Roxon or Osborne um, and Tomac, you know, to be able to bring their wife and their kid and be able to have a place for them to, to be instead of being upstairs in the lounge, you know, with their kid or whatever. It gives them right. their privacy um, to be with their family and sleep with their family. And like you said, not have to worry about waking up during outdoors super early to get to the track and, And getting scrambling, getting things ready. It's you know the racer can kind of get up, get his things ready. You know the kids and the wife can do their thing in the motorhome, and he you know gets ready for his day. So it's that part right there. And then especially with COVID, it's it's huge for some of these riders to have the motorhome.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, because let's be honest, it's twelve guys normally in a in a semi. You know, if there's multiple guys on the team, and you get a suspension guy, engine guy, crew chief. You know, there's a lot of people that can be in a, a semi at one time. Those things can get crowded pretty quick, so I can imagine that's that's a huge, oh, yeah. huge thing. I agree. So with the with everything kind of going on for you, I mean, what's what does Brock see himself in five years? You know, do you want to the overall goal? Is it to to drive the Rocky Mountain or not the Rocky Mountain? The Red Bull KTM truck or like what? Uh, or do you or do you like this side? Do you like the motorhome side better?
1: You know. Working for, you know, Red Bull KTM, that's the, you know, the all-time dream, whether it's, you know, driving the motorhome or if it's, you know, driving one of the, the semis. Yeah.
2: Um,
1: you know, this sport has been a passion of mine since since I can remember. Um, you know, watching stuff, you know, in the Pontiac Dome when I was just a little kid, you know, um, just, just stuff like that. So it, it's hard for me to – it's hard for me to want to leave. Um, you know, but if, if the right, right job comes to me and, you know, you can make a good living doing it, um, you know, I'll be a truck driver, I'll be a motor home driver, um, you know, a crew chief, you know, whatever, whatever it, it shall be. Um, you know, but, uh, if that, if that doesn't happen, I could see myself being back home, um, have a little you know service shop with my dad or something it's kind yeah. of doing my own thing um you know it's yeah cause it's some kind of, of hard
0: yeah some of these guys have been doing it for a long time you know i know like big b and uh, um i think the other, the other driver you said dave i think those both those guys have been doing it like god who knows i can't even think probably 25 years probably
1: yeah i mean past, big b drove past, all the
0: way back when mcgrath was riding
1: yeah and I and, and you know don came from road racing and he drove, he's, I mean, John's been around for a long time as well. And Pat, Pat drove for road, right. Road racing. And, um, I think he did boats too. Maybe not. Um, you know, they've all been around some kind of motorsport industry for a long time. Um, they're very, very smart people. So it's like, if you have any questions, those are the people you go to. Cause they're like, yeah, I, I know who to call. I know how, how to fix it. Um, so that, that's pretty, pretty rad, but, um, you know, being single, it helps yeah, I with can imagine. <laughs> everything. Um, yeah. you know, being able to have a family, it's it's a little bit harder. Um, I don't know how some of these guys do it, but, um, you know, they do it and they manage it. Um, and that's, that's, that's pretty awesome.
0: Yeah. I think that'd probably be the toughest thing about our industry is just being away from the family for so long. Cause I, like I've had Damon on and he's got a kids and it's just crazy. Like, uh the scheduling for these guys and how long they're away you know being a father or, or a uh or a mother it's just like man there's it's a big it's a big team family uh structure because it's like these guys are gone so everything falls on mom like damon if you haven't listened to it yet go back and listen to damon kronkratz McCray our interview is really good because he talks about that being away and having everything prepared and making sure like the wife's car's good and the wife's good with this cuz it's like these guys when they're gone they're gone like they can't they can't do anything you know they're 2000 miles away yep. so for you I can imagine um with you being single and stuff it makes it life a little bit easier.
1: Yeah, it's it's one less thing to have to, you know, worry about. Um but yeah, like I said those guys I give them all the props cuz it's hard being away from your kids, kids, your wife, you know, but you know, that's you you have, that's why you have, you know, FaceTime and all that kind of stuff. You're able to stay in touch you know, certain ways and that kind of stuff. So you can make it work, you know, and then, I mean, his kids, I mean, I think his kids ride BMX, you know, So they're, they're always racing and going and they follow this sport and, you know, they love it just as much as their dad does. So that makes it easy too.
0: Yeah, definitely. It's a, it's a fun, it's definitely a fun industry and it's one of those things where you're in it like you never leave because it's so addicting. So
1: Yeah. I know. I've, I've left, I've left multiple times. Okay. You know, I've gone, gone to the oil field and, you know, making, you know, really good money. But at the end of the day, it's like it's not what I want to do. I always, I always come back to, to moto. And I came back one year and Damon actually was one of the guys that hired me at, at team tetter.
2: And,
1: um, I packed all my stuff in North Dakota and flew out to California and, been doing it so yeah. um you know it's it's hard it's hard sometimes to make a living but it's it's, it's worth it you know when you have this much passion for this sport it, it's hard to walk away you just you just have to tough it out
0: yeah, it's tough. And like you said, like Damon hired you and that had to be back in the day. So it's crazy how like everybody kinda knows everybody in our sport. I love it. Like it kinda it, it's <laughs> how everything kinda just almost not your case not yet so much, but it's almost crazy how a lot of things come full circle in our industry. Um so I think for you that will probably happen eventually because it seems like everything does, but um Oh, for sure. So again, thank you to all of our sponsors, Spot Network TV, Works Connection, Bell Ray works uh, motion pro and Scott goggles. So huge. Thanks to those guys. Um, this show, like episode 16 with Brock, I'm really thankful again, Brock for you coming on, but we have this segment called the Scott sports USA subjects. And for me, um, I love my Scott goggles and the new light sensitive lens has been crushing it. The new pro circuit 30 year anniversary goggles out now guys. So make sure you go check it out for your local dealer. They are in stock and available now to ship from Western power sports. So huge. Thanks to uh, Scott. And again, for you Brock kind of my subject that I would want to know and if you can answer it or not, but you've been doing this for a long time. So I kind of want to know what's like your best travel story or maybe best rider story, just something that's you feel is like really embedded into your brain from just working on the road and working with all these riders.
1: Oh man. (laughs) Um, You know, one that probably sticks in my head, uh, I was working for Trader. Okay. Um, with, I think Tony Archer was on the team, Nick Gaines. Um,
0: Probably Kenny.
1: Kenny. Yeah. Kenny Day. Uh, Skip Norfolk. And we were driving. I think we were in Maryland. We left Maryland. And we had me, it was just me and Kenny, I think. And we were just driving across the country. We were going to Angtown. Okay. And we were just wide open. It was late. Um, you know, late leaving. So we were wide open trying to get there. And we were in this old, um, we called their Blue Velvet because the inside was all like 70s. No L velvet. Yeah. And there was like this straight, old motor like... coat. Yeah. And it was, I mean, it was rad. It was a seven speed, small engine. You know, we were, we we're heavy. And, uh, you know, going across the country and we get to, um oh, a West. Uh, West Hunter was with us too. Okay. Um, And we 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 get to we're on the five and we get to the grapevine and we oh, start shit. you know going down the grapevine and at this time I was up up in the top bunk passed out and you know I've been driving for forever and yeah. uh, I hear Kenny Day he's, he's in the driver's seat I hear him you know scream my name and then I hear West scream my name and I'm like what is going on and next thing I know I like down and i pop my head between the curtains of the toter coach and i look in each mirror and all i see is white smoke
2: oh shit.
1: i can't i can barely see the trailer <laughs> and kenny is freaking out and i mean we're going way too fast for being on the grapevine
2: yeah and he doesn't
1: know yeah he doesn't know what to do the air pressure was below 60 so all the the brakes automatically popped and there was no stopping that yeah. Um. So the brakes had burnt out. The brakes glazed over. I had no stopping power whatsoever. And me and Kenny Day switched seats going down the grapevine at like fifty, sixty mile an hour. We switched seats.
0: Yeah, and, and doesn't know the grapevines in California and it's steeper than shit. It's,
1: it was. It was. It's so steep and. I uh, I had a a good a good friend back home and uh, an older gentleman that taught me to drive when I was nine ten years old. Okay, and he said, "Hey, anytime you have to second guess yourself on taking like a emergency off ramp, don't do it." And I mean, we were to that point to where we we were going to have to take this runaway ramp, and I came around a couple turns, and the CB radio I could hear other people on the CB radio, you know, talking, you know, these other truckers Yeah. and they were, they were communicating downhill saying, Hey, truckers make room. There's an out of control, you know, truck, coming. he's trying to, you know, make it down to the bottom. So try and make room. And I mean, that's another thing with these truckers is thank God for all these truckers, you know, in the CBs, is they were making room for me. Oh, that's cool. Instead of having to take the runaway, instead of having to take the runaway ramp, they were making room and pushing cars out of the way and, and I made it all the way down to the bottom. And it was, it was the most nerve-wracking, insane, uh, I'll never forget it moment of, of, of my life.
0: That's crazy.
1: And as soon as we stopped, there was like six eight-inch planes coming out of the trailer brakes and the truck brakes. And we had fire extinguishers out. And <laughs> we, had, we had water bottles and we were throwing water on them. I mean, they were glowing red.
0: Yeah,
1: and just and we had yeah we had truckers honking their horns like on the CB's saying like good job. Some people were rude, you know, but a lot of people were very. They're like, you know, you handled it well, like good job, you know, be safe, whatever. But man, That's it, was, cool. it. Was it was it was it was, it was your insane. Your life, yeah, your life flashed Yeah, hard.
0: you're lucky <sighs> too because the grapevine sometimes gets so foggy you can't see like oh yeah. shit in front of you. So. Yeah.
1: Or, or, you know, the people, it gets so packed with people. If it would have yeah. been a busy weekend or a busy day, I mean, I would have had to have taken the, the truck runaway ramp and, you know, we're just a toter coach with a heavy trailer. That's just sitting on like a fifth wheel ball. It's not like a, 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 a regular semi-trailer with, you know, the, the fifth wheel. Yeah. It's just on a regular ball. So my worry was if I was to hit that truck ramp, you know, the trailer would just you know, snapped and went through the, yeah. the cap. And I, you know, I you just, you never know. So, man, it was,
0: uh, yeah, I'll yeah. never forget it. Yeah, it's definitely a scary moment for sure. But luckily, you guys are yeah. all here and got to uh, have some fun. And I'm not, when I see Kenny uh, and Tony next, I'm going to have to ask about that story for sure.
1: Yeah, do it. You no, know, I've, I've had some, some definitely some, some moments with those guys throughout the years. So yeah, it always seems fun when,
0: when they're all around. I mean, we we made a memory this last weekend in Indiana that I'll never forget. That we just had so much fun and uh, felt like celebrities for a day. So that was a, <laughs> that was a good time. So, um, oh, yeah. but yeah, I mean, that's that's why we do this show to kind of you know give some insight of guys like you that are out there in the trenches making sure these riders have everything they need because. It's a uh, not all glamour on Saturdays. It's a lot of preparation, a lot of moving parts, and I think you know guys like you are what make these guys do what they do on Saturdays because there's a lot of things that these guys need to be comfortable and having a comfortable living space and a, and a hangout space is, is one of them.
1: I completely agree, one hundred percent.
0: Yeah, no, it's it's huge. So I uh I wish Marvin the best for the rest of the season and hope he can get, get him a, a win here shortly. I, we're going to Orlando and I know he's he rides good in Florida so and Daytona, so we'll see uh what he can do. But for you, Brock, again, thank you so much for, for making the time for us and coming on.
1: Yeah, I know, thank you. I appreciate it and uh yeah, we'll uh, wait for it to come out and hopefully hopefully I answered all the questions right and didn't sound like too much to- uh <laughs> an idiot
0: no you're good we had fun um before i let you go though is there anybody you want to thank or anything you want to say or any other information that you have that would be uh good for our listeners
1: um you know if you want to be in this sport you have to love it you have to you have to want it you can't just come in here thinking that it's going to be easy it's it's a dog eat dog world out there in this sport Mm -hmm. and it's it's hard so if anyone out there wants to do it it's definitely doable but you got to put your blood sweat and tears into this and um, yeah I got to give it up to the Lord um, my parents um, family friends people who you know they push you to this this part in your life um, you know I want to say uh, you know Marty and Nancy Smith passed away uh, a few months ago and yeah. I just want to say that we all miss them and they're a huge part of of my family's life and uh they're they're truly missed and uh you know wish they were still here but you know that's another another thing it gives you the motivation to to keep doing this because he loves this sport and and my dad loves this sport my dad grew up racing with him you know back in the day and it was uh it was it was huge so that that's a big confidence boost and you know, for me in this sport is, you know, keep going for, for guys like him and for my dad and, and, you know, my mom, because it's put a lot into it. So,
0: yeah, it's, uh, yeah, it's tough. Yeah. I think that's one of the things I hate the worst about our sport is everybody's so well-connected. So when somebody does, you know, leave us, it's everybody, everybody almost feels like they're a part of something. You know what I mean? Like, even if you didn't know the guy, like just that's how our industry is. It's just that everybody just is so well-connected and, so involved and have the same passion so it's like if if someone does go we all hear about it and we all almost just feel you know feel it not necessarily like feel their pain but just feel like you know like man that that's a big step not step i guess what's the right word he was a big (laughs) figure like a big you know somebody huge in our industry so you know like when he when he passed away and tom white passed away it's just like man like those are iconic dudes in our industry so it's just uh I think you have to respect that and when they're gone you just have to take it all in and remember what they what they've done and and uh just keep pushing on to in their memory for sure.
1: Oh, 100%. I yeah. agree.
0: Yeah, so again, man, thank you so much. Um and we'll see you. Hopefully I get to see you in another round. The the COVID this year's, man, it's making Supercross is not very fun, but like I said, I'd rather have I'd rather have Supercross than no Supercross, but yeah, it's uh it's shitty circumstances right now for sure.
1: Yep, I, I agree. Well, we'll we'll hope to see it, um, you know, it more, and uh, if not, you know, we'll we'll talk on the phone for sure. So.
0: Yeah, no, we'll catch up. I I don't doubt that at all. But again, thank you, um, episode sixteen with Brock from Marvin Muskin bus driver, and we will see you when we see you, I guess. But again, thank you, Brock. <laughs> I really really appreciate it. Thank you.
1: All right, man. Thank you. Yeah, we'll drive safe out there. All right. Bye. All right, bye. Bye.
0: That's a wrap, guys. Episode 16. A huge thanks to our sponsors, Spot Network TV, Works Connection, Bell Ray, Motion Pro, and, Be- and did I say Bell Ray already? I think I did. But, again, Spot Network, Works Connection, Bell Ray, Motion Pro, and uh, Works Connection. So, again, we're super thankful to have those guys on board. And that's a wrap on Episode 16 with Brock from Marvin Muskan. Um He drives a bus, and I'm really excited to call him friend a friend. So, again, thanks, guys. Have a great day, and thank you again.